This time on episode 461 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 1992 X-Men animated series season 5, episodes 7 and 8, as presented on Disney+, and weekly Marvel Studio news, including the Fantastic Four to start filming in early 2024, according to director Matt Shakeman, Ant-Man 4 conversations already happening at Marvel Studios, and AMC theaters looking to change their movie ticket prices based on seat location. I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network. Just like the show you're checking out now, shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I am Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by a, well, let's fix it. It's a juggernaut. Marvel Studios. Biggest movies ever. This show is recorded on Saturday, February 11th, 2023. Happy early Valentine's Day to all you out there that celebrate it. We're live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios, and we're broadcasting... I'm going to say alternative universe wide based on these two episodes. We'll talk about that later. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we like talking about Marvel. Because of wearing bright colors for covert mission. If you'd like to talk to us about the address for covert operations, please let us know on our website, legendsofshield.com. If you know the exact hexadecimal colors for your bright colors, leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871, and let us know what they are so we can copy it. If it still exists, you can find us at Twitter, at Legends of Shield. You can let us know how the rubber suit is good for all sorts of covert operations in the World War II 1940s timeframe on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash geek. If you want to show us pictures of your covert operations bright color costume, join us over at our Discord server at geek.com slash Discord. And if you want to be really covert, put it in a spoiler tag. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the geek.com network. We can only really assume that Agent Lauren, a.k.a. Agent Fumbles, is on her own covert mission because she was going to be here and she is not. So we don't know what's going on with her, but she's not here. So we're sorry. We know you all come to listen to her and Michelle. So at least we have Michelle. Yay. But Lauren, wherever you are, whatever we're doing, we're with you and we're really hoping that you have toned down that color palette for your covert costume. All right. Are you guys ready to discuss the penultimate episode of ours discussing X-Men, the animated series from 1990s? Yes. Ready is a strong word, but it's true. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try to get through it. Do, 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 do.
Previously on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lauren. Okay, I didn't think this was made in the 70s. The weird mouth movement, the awkward walking, the weird fighting. What the heck's going on in this episode? Action instead of actually just doing what needs to be done. I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist, so I don't know about astrical alignments and everything with body sacrifices and stuff. All rocket scientists know about body sacrificing. All that was a bit of a stretch. Raz al Ghul had multiple Lazarus pits. I mean, Apocalypse is near mortal. Maybe he invented the concept of redundancy. I don't know what these final four episodes have in them. It's all horrifying and... I certainly wish Lauren would have ended that thought, but maybe it's better that she didn't. Horrifying and kind of left the suspense there for us to find out this week. Sometimes it's just sitting right there in front of you and putting these together is absolutely no work. (laughs) Thank you so much for putting together that previously on. You only got one more left and that will be next week. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, we'll see what happens before we start talking about X-Men 97. And talking about that, Chris asked a question in social media, and I just want to throw it out there here on the podcast. What was your, and I'm talking to you, listener, what was your favorite previously on? I mentioned one in response back to you, Chris, but I'm sure other people out there have their favorites. So Chris wants to know what your favorite previously on was during the X-Men, the animated series. He's done phenomenal work throughout entire Five seasons now. He's got one more left. So we're really looking forward to that one and hearing from you what your favorite one was. So this week, we do have the penultimate episodes. I say penultimate. They're episodes seven and eight. There's nine and ten next week. But penultimate because it's our last before the finale episode on there. It will be the animated series season five, episodes seven and eight. They premiered on Fox Kids Saturday, February 22nd, 1997. And Saturday, September 13th, 1997. So again, out of order, I don't think it really matters for these two. The first one was called Old Soldiers. The second one is called Hidden Agendas. Please do not confuse Hidden Agendas with the wonderful NASA biopic, historical biopic called Hidden Agenda. So Michelle, what are the descriptions of these two episodes? Old Soldiers. While visiting the grave of a friend in an army cemetery in France, Wolverine remembers a mission he did for him while battling the Nazis and Red Skull with none other than Captain America on his side. Hidden Agendas Sam Guthrie's parents have contacted Professor Xavier about their son's mutant powers. Chris, first thoughts of these two episodes. We only get to talk about X-Men one or two more times, depending on how you want to count this episode, and that is what I'm going to keep in mind while we're doing this. I thought about re-watching these episodes, then I realized I had laundry to do. Could have been so much better. So, so much better. All right, so we're going to put our feelings aside for a second. We're going to talk about a good thing, and that is punching Nazis. Yes. We get to just punch all the Nazis. We've, we've had years of Wolverine not really, you know, punching things and tearing up robots, but these are Nazis. 
So he really gets to go to town on punching Nazis into the ground and then some. This is one part where I wish standards and practice would kind of let themselves be a little bit more relaxed. Like, I understand you don't want Wolverine going around punching humans. It's bad. You don't want kids doing that. Nazis are 100% bad. And anybody who thinks otherwise is nobody that I want to be anywhere near. That's safe enough way to say it for the show. And Wolverine should. Oh, I wish they would have just let him really go crazy. I'm cool with no claws, but more punching. But he had claws. He had the clip on claws that he actually gave to Captain America, too. Oh, by the way, Captain America's in this episode. We haven't officially said it, but Captain America's in this episode. So, yeah, you got Captain America, you got Logan, and they have clip on claws that they're going up the mountain face. And I'm like, huh. Well, I guess Logan had some pre-training before he got his actual claws. So, okay. But it's not, yeah, yeah but no, I just, ugh. so I get the history here. I get the history of the comic books. I get the history of the character. I get all that. We're generations removed from when these characters first came out. I get that. And I get that somewhere in Marvel Entertainment, because that's what it was at the time, right? Marvel Entertainment or Fox Kids. They were like, you know what? Let's actually throw in a dedicated cameo. Let's put our two favorite characters, well, two of the three favorite characters in there, because Spider-Man's not in there. And let's see what happens. I'm really glad that they didn't throw Spider-Man in here, because that would have been very, very cringy and throw up in my mouth-ish to have all three of them kind of desecrated on screen the way these three these two were but anyway getting back to logan the claws okay so he's a special ops guy world war ii that's the backstory we're going with and he is clawing up the mountainside with these metal claws that he just puts you know clips on his his hands okay i guess i don't know i really liked that aspect of foreshadowing a little bit especially because we've seen him later, like, oh, I can get used to this. All these things like that they had in there. That was kind of cool. We got Captain America's shield punching Nazis as well. But when they mentioned, like, this was a covert operation, and then all of a sudden there's Captain America in his uniform. And when they're climbing the mountain, I like the fact that they have time to have a conversation. That's always, you know, logical. And Wolverine's like, um, you know, that outfit and Captain America goes into the whole, this outfit represents so much. I'm just like, dude, you're on a covert mission. You want America to win. How about you take one for the team and actually dress covertly for your covert mission? This episode had so much potential. It had two of arguably the favorite characters in Marvel Comics at the time, and still even today. And it had a wonderful story. And we were given 20 minutes, and we were rushed through it, and the animation was really bad, and it just could have been so much better. It really could have. And to get what we got, I guess, in lieu of not being able to get anything else back then, okay, all right, you know, we got what we got. But knowing what we know now, 25 years later, I'm like, I wish this could have been so much better because it kind of ruined it for me. 
especially the story part and it just could have been could have been so much better this could have been my favorite episode they try to do too much wolverine had to find the french underground who he immediately hits on the girl he's like the captain kirk of the x-men show he's just hitting on everyone and then they have to explain the mission and then the conversation with captain america and then finding out the dude betray and then at the end getting the girl again and finding out the truth that's a lot we really just needed wolverine and he could have been standing there could still be a flashback and really just could have cut to the explaining of the mission still would have had more time for punching nazis or just something like that just for character development for character more character interaction that's just me or you do it in more than one episode yeah i don't know this is great for a multi-parter especially if you're going to look if you and i know that they were told not to do it but if you're going to interspace this throughout a season and you have more episodes, they only had 10 episodes, but if you're going to interspace it, you could do flashback episodes where they go back and, and Logan is lamenting about something and like he meets her in real time or sees her in Paris or whatever, and then flashes back to this. And then they go over the whole thing and they interlay that deception of her dad in there. Right. And you think he's this bad bad nazi and then it comes out that it was just a double agent it was standard double a- world war ii had plenty of stuff of double agents you know they're not just stories it really happened and to get that out in the open i think would have been great and then <laughs> red skull coming in which was great to have the red skull come in you had the right accent in my opinion and everything but it looked like a freaking i don't know goomba fool or whatever in the animation there was nothing really scary about him it was just like this blob of i am german and i'm out to get to everybody you know whatever your accent right there was so much better than what they had in the episode though right and i do a sucky accent (laughs) and for those who don't know red skull it's just oh red skull okay And back in the 90s, I wouldn't have known who Red Skull was. So I have a question for both of you. Both of these episodes here, I feel like were really compromised by their runtimes. Which one would you have gotten rid of to let the other one be a two-parter? Oh, the second one. Easily. I mean, you in the first one, you have the Howling Commandos, you have Red Skull, you have Captain America. You have so much more that you can pull out of that. And Maybe in the 90s, the thought would would have been different, but I would say all of that over Sam Guthrie, basically. We've already told that story over and over against the persecution of mutants and using mutants and stuff like that. I think we deserved more of the first story than the second. If you were going to trade off one for the other, I don't think that was a consideration at the time. But if I was making that decision, definitely be the first one that I would keep captain american episode the only thing that keeps me from super instantly agreeing with you is losing the sam guthrie episode means you lose sam guthrie and you lose cannonball and that's just i I don't know if i'm ready for that 
You lose Cannonball from the 1992 series, but you can gain him back in the future. But I don't know that that's happening yet when I'm watching this when I'm little. Here's the thing, though. If you notice, there was no previously on. Because I'm going, do we know Kirkland? But if Kirkland was a bad guy from before, wouldn't there have been a previously on? And all of a sudden, the government's got a secret thing. And even Professor Xavier's like, what? I can't believe they're doing that because they didn't tell me. And I've been like working with them. Like, look, Xavier, come on. You're still a mutant. Like they, they're not lying to you. Like, I know you don't go into people's minds and everything, but even like a basic insight role, you know, to bring Dungeons and Dragons into this, it would have been a low DC to figure out that, of course, they have a covert mission unit that they're not telling Xavier about. The animation, I know we're not talking about the animation, but the animation was so bad, I reckon I could do better. What the F happened? To Rogue. I am sitting there going, I think I could draw that better. What happened? Kaylee was sitting there while we were watching this. She had already finished her cheeseburger because that's what we do on Friday nights. And she's playing on her phone by the time we got to that episode. And I said, ew, look at Rogue. Which normally, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and comment on the appearance of people in cartoons. That's at least 37 different kinds of icky. But so Kaylee, I could see her start to say something and she looks up and she doesn't say anything. And that's when I knew the animation was really, really bad. It was so bad. They did a, a shot from behind Sam Guthrie at one point in time where he's sitting down in the living room, whatever. I'm like, what is that? Like, that is, is so bad. But you mentioned hamburgers. I'm getting kind of hungry now. What kind of hamburgers? You tuck it in homemade hamburgers? Do you put anything in the hamburgers? Are they like frozen patties that you bring them out? Or do you get them in a store on your way home? What do you do? We have a cheeseburger place that we have gone to basically every week for about the past eight years. And I call them when I leave work and I say, hey, I'll be there in about an hour. And I get there in between 57 and 65 minutes like clockwork because I have the drive down pat and I bring it home and we watch cartoons. And I know they have sausage in there somehow, but I don't know really how they make it. So we were driving around yesterday, you know, I was doing stuff with the medical stuff with the family. We're driving around and then we drive past this Jack in the Box. Now, anybody that's been in an area with a Jack in the Box knows what a Jack in the Box is. And anybody that doesn't, all you hear is these wonderful stories about Jack in the Box, right? So we see this Jack in a Box and it was a, hey, we need to go there. I'm like, not now. Like, we need to go there. I'm like, no. So we got by the Jack in the Box, but I feel like I'm going to have to make a special trip to the Jack in the Box. It's like an hour out of my way to get there. So (sighs) also sausage in hamburger. Now I got to try it. Oh, the place is really good. And they love us. So like we walk in and we don't order drinks. They just bring them to us because they know what we're getting. The only reason they ask what we're going to order is because I switch it up. Otherwise, they would just bring us our food, too. 
All right. You know, getting back to the first episode really quick, there's one last thing I want to say is that Logan all of a sudden is part Vulcan because he does a neck pinch to knock the guy out. I don't remember seeing that in any other Wolverine stuff. All right. So we just now have a backstory that Logan is part Vulcan. Maybe that Vulcan side got erased when he was in the tank and got his animantium. I could see that happening, too. Okay. Way to back up Kevin Feige there, because he's got to deal with this stuff now. What do you guys think of the fights? I mean, the animation was bad, but what about the fights? You had the X-Men versus Robot, Robots Part 5002, because that's basically all they could really completely destroy. I mean, they got to punch Nazis a lot, but not, you know, not completely wreck them like they could robots. I kind of like yeah. Sam Guthrie's powers manifesting themselves in the cave I guess, in the mine, I guess is the best way. So that's when we first see him. And so even though the animation was just incredibly bad, being able to see him with his powers, it's like, hey, hey what is this? If you don't, if you go in not knowing who Sam Guthrie is or what his powers are, kind of looks a little combination between Superman, Flash, and fantastic four boy human torch storm human torch kind of combination of that yeah see i was thinking rocket boots from iron man just because of the way everybody else saw it i've really liked the built-in explanation of what was going on oh the fire was just really close to him and somehow let's ignore the fact that he was flying instead of running i don't know it almost seems like He'd had his powers for a while, and the town knew about it, and the town was cool about it because it's Sam Guthrie. He's just, like, the goodest boy. Well, I guess you have to be wary if you're in one of those flyover states like Kentucky because something in there is going to give you special powers. Oh, and in fact that you're a mutant and you can cause all the cows to die or something, that was... I'm going, good grief. Farmers are not... That's just spreading rumors. We know all about that. That happens to social media today. That's true. Pizza rat. Hey, I want this special app on my Amazon A word, you know, the home assistant to have Professor X give me a boring economics lecture to put me to sleep. I'm an old guy. I have problems getting to sleep. You know, I got to do the ocean sounds, you know, the ambient sounds sometimes. Give me a good, boring economics lecture by Professor Xavier. That'll put me to sleep. Oh, my goodness. That must have been so boring because I have completely forgotten about that. That's how boring it was. <laughs> yeah, this whole episode to me just kind of screamed of, oh, yeah, I promised my kid we would put Cannonball in there and we haven't done it yet. So let's make an episode. What's the easiest script we can write? It's kind of sad that Larry Houston, who was so adept at throwing in cameos, was not in the production team in season five. So he missed out on the approved cameos of Sam Guthrie and Captain America. So I'm sure he would have done way better with it. I'm sure <laughs> maybe he left because he saw some early animation. He was like, nope, I'm out. I can't do this. I don't know. That story has not been told. 
All right. So let's project a little bit into X-Men 97 and let's ask if Bo is going to throw any of these two episodes in 97. What do you think, Chris? I think that putting in anything with Captain America Nazi stuff is kind of a no-brainer. You have to do it. It's too easy. It's too good. The world is too primed for that kind of story right now. It's going to happen. I think that Cannonball has enough fans to where if they have any say in it officially or probably more likely just from being out in the world, then you got to do him good and much better than this. So you get him in somehow. Plus, you can get in all these smaller teams of X-Men and you know he's right there with the little kids team whose name I am um, is escaping me right now and it's really bothering me. Champions? No, the X-Men specific one. Oh, yeah. I was hoping it was Champions because that's also slipping my mind. I'm sure somebody listening will yell it out to us later. We apologize for not remembering it. Anyway, yeah, I think if you're going to go back and you're going to get more of the World War II Captain America Logan storyline, it would be great not only to flesh out the Halloween Commandos and Nick Fury, but also, I'm going to say it, Agent Carter. All right, getting head nods from both of them saying that's a good thing. But what would you give up if you're going to go and you're going to insert these two characters? What would you give up? And by these two characters, I mean Steve Rogers and Sam Guthrie. What would you give up? What do you mean? I thought we were projecting what we think we could if you do. Add, if you add them into the storyline of 97, what do you give? To project what you think might be in the story, what would you give up in order to insert these? Because the, the main focus is probably going to be on the X-Men. Think, I don't think you have to give up anything because they were trying to give give us a new villain in Kirkland so you could actually take the Kirkland thing and the secret government thing and that could be the big bad that they're immediately trying to fight because I don't know what happens in the last two episodes I don't know if we end on a cliffhanger or not so that could completely change what we talk about next time and then I don't know secret government thing I think Captain America uh, sort of fits in there that way. And then if you want Agent Carter, I mean, that's all government thing, Nick Fury government thing. I think there's a way to weave them all in there and bring in X Factor again with Forge and all them because they were supposed to be a government thing as well. All these government things, not knowing what each other are doing, because it's back then, you know, there was the whole idea that there was a shadow government and then there was a shadow government within a shadow government and then a shadow government within a shadow government within the shadow government ideas going on. That's not how it is today. No, they don't even bother to be in the shadows now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All out in the open fighting. Also, it has come back to me. It has come back to me now. I'm going to blame it on the fact that I want to pretend that the live action movie never happened, but. You can get new mutants into 97, and that just naturally gets you Sam Guthrie back. You don't need to do that because you can use it as not super Sam-focused, but get in all the other new mutants characters. I think 
So I'm Kevin Feige and I'm introducing the meetings in. I want to have I want to have the name brand stuff and then I want to transition to other stuff eventually. But if you do it reverse, like you transition into non-name brand mutants first and then work your way into the name brand mutants, then at least that opens up the fandom to better like instead of like, oh, we're getting these replacements. Like now with the Avengers, like our Avengers were Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and Hawkeye and Black Widow. And they're all being replaced because, you know, they're all gone or headed off to other things or whatever. And so you got these this new batch and Kevin Feige's been having to grow that endearing feeling of these new Avengers with the audience, right? And so instead of doing that, you just start off the bat by, okay, we get that you want to see Wolverine and and Cyclops and Gene and Professor Xavier. We get that. But let's start off with little known ones that we can build story around first. So you, audience, will build an emotional attachment to so that we can draw this whole thing out. I don't know which way he's going to go, but there's just two options out there. Yeah, we don't know if the X-Men 97 is really part of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. So Lauren's not here, and I wanted to mention this, that with the animation that we've seen so far with Marvel Studios, we've actually seen a lot of the on-screen actors voice their characters. Not all of them, but for uh, some major ones, we've had the on-screen actors I don't know what they're going to do going forward. Like, are you going to get Chris voicing Captain America in the future? I don't know. So we'll see how the voice work goes forward. I was thinking in terms of casting, like if so-and-so was tapped to voice their character in X-Men 97, we probably would have heard it by now, but I don't know. We'll see The The what if was fraught with the actual actors coming in and, and voicing their characters basically. So. I don't know. We'll see. See what goes on. Uh, if somebody was going to come into X-Men 97 animation, Chris, and do Spider-Gwen, who would you want voicing Spider-Gwen? I don't know. I think that's just a completely wide open opportunity because we've had Emma Stone, and that's basically it for the Andrew Garfield movies. And I don't know of her doing any voice actor specific stuff. I have no reason to think that they would come in and instantly connect to that. So there isn't a reason to like chain her to that role. I don't know. There I want somebody new. I want somebody that we can grow with. Maybe this is better a question for Lauren because I was thinking specifically of a new and upcoming actor or voice actor for that. And I just don't know enough about the space because I'm old and I don't pay attention to the younger Disney stuff, basically, or anything else out there. Heck, uh, let's just take a look at the more recent young actors and actresses that have taken over parts of what we would call the champions. Most do not have a lot of experience. Well, all I know is you can't go wrong with Tara Strong. As long as she's with us. That's correct. All right, any last thoughts about these two episodes, these penultimate X-Men, the animated series episodes, Chris? My biggest disappointment out of everything, again, comes back to you were so close, but you didn't get it. 
they had Sam going up and explaining his powers really well that, you know, oh, you know, I can't get hurt while I'm blasting. But you have the comic line right there, the super iconic, I'm nigh invulnerable. I can't even say it right now because of the way he does it. I'm nigh invulnerable when I'm blasting. And they can't, they don't say it. And I get that part of that is because what little kid is going to understand what that means. But adult me, just my heart breaks that they didn't get it exactly right. And I realized that I'm kind of part of the problem with that. If the series had started like this, like if this was season one, it would have completely flopped. So this is an example of a show starting strong and then not making the landing. I do not see the last two episodes completely redeeming season five. Yeah. And that's why we've been talking about X-Men 97 quite a bit, because we know that that's going to be done at a much, much higher level. And there's a lot more expectation out there, both from the fandom of the original series and from Marvel Studios today. They can't put out any more stinkers. So they need something that's pretty good. And I, I would say that for the most part, what if actually delivered? I, there, there are some episodes that were better than others, but I, I think the animation style, the stories were more complex. And I don't think we're in danger of getting what we just watched and what we're probably going to watch next week. So, okay. Anyway, for you listener, for the audience member out there that is like, Hey, I really like X-Men, the animated series. Let us know what you think about the series in its totality. Let us know what you think about our coverage of it. You know, whatever. Get us your thoughts. Next week will be the last time that we talk about it until X-Men 97. And even when we're talking about X-Men 97, we might like refer back to, ooh, they continue the story in, from 92. But we're not going to go back and rewatch it. That you'll have to do on your own. And we'll have to do on our own if uh, that's what we want. So anyway, next week will be the finale and actually next week we won't have an episode so in two weeks we're going to be discussing the finale we recognize that ant-man and the wasp quantum mania comes out next week we do plan to cover that in about um i want to say a month from now is when we're actually going to cover it so if you get out there and you watch it please let us know what you think about that we are looking forward to it we have uh, at least one new story that will cover a little bit of it as we lead up to the premiere next week. And yeah, that's it. So X-Men, the animated series and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Let's get to some news. We have no idea who's going to be in it, but we have a filming idea date for the Fantastic Four. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's Fantastic Four reboot reboot has a filming start date, according to director Matt Shakeman. While speaking with the rap, Shakeman revealed that plans were in place to begin filming the Fantastic Four movie in early 2024, although Marvel initially planned to release Fantastic Four in late 2024, it recently delayed it in several MCU projects. Instead of launching on November 8, 2024, and Fantastic Four comes out on February 14, 2025. So two years from now, we will be talking about the Fantastic Four movie starring people. 
I mean, let's get all the casting rumors out of the way right now, right? Actor or actress that you're thinking of has been rumored to be in Fantastic Four as insert role here. Because it's basically everybody has been rumored to be in this in one way or another. I can divulge now that I'm, I'm going to premiere it right here on the podcast that I have been contracted by Marvel Studios to play the part of Reed Richards on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you going to be getting the gray streak in your hair going, though? I mean, it's already there. As a matter of fact, I need more hair. I need, I need the contract money to do the hair transplant, you know, to get hair to be like Reed Richards. Yeah, absolutely. Do we like the John Krasinski, Emily Blunt rumors? Absolutely. John Krasinski is so good at Reed Richards. I don't know if we're going to get him or not, but just me thinking about it, it's like, oh, he's perfect. And Emily Blunt, I love her. I know John loves her a lot more than I do, but I love her on the screen. She does amazing stuff. She has great chemistry with most people that she's on screen with. I think she would bring a lot to the MCU and Marvel Studios. They might just not be able to afford her. It's a lot of money to get her. And it would be a lot of money to get John, too. So I don't know. I think they could entice John by actually giving him the reins, although this is Matt Shakeman's thing. So maybe that's preventing stuff from happening. I don't know. But man, those two, they would be great, in my opinion, on screen as part of the Fantastic Four. And matter of fact, having those two as part of the Fantastic Four would immediately redeem the team all on its own, in my opinion. Redeeming the team, I think, is the most important part because they've had so many failures, including the Roger Corman one, even though that's not Disney or Fox necessarily at all. It's still a thing that exists that people can't get out of their minds. So they're going to have to. This doesn't need to be hit out of the park. This needs to be Jorge Soler for the Braves in the World Series a couple of years ago, completely out of the stadium, skipping the parking lot. How would you feel? I know the Human Torch is supposed to be the brother, but oh my goodness, what if they decide to make the Human Torch not a dude and make it a sister? I know the internet, there'd be a big chunk of the internet that'd be like, no. But what about you two? I'd be all for it, especially if it's a strong character. I mean, if, if they do another flop, which I don't think Marvel Studios will let happen with Fantastic Four, but if they do another flop, then of course that would be a big issue. But we've seen so many strong women characters on screen that I don't really have a problem with it. There are some better than others. I mean, the ending of She-Hulk, not that Tatiana was a bad actor. She wasn't. She was a strong actor. The story went to a bad place, right? So you can't have that. You can't have any more of that, really. It's sad to say, but you can't because then you get all the internet whining that you were just talking about. As long as you get a strong performance, I don't care. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I'm fine with gender swapping, if that's the correct term anymore. I'm fine with that for anybody. I mean, look what we did with Agent Carter already in the What If series. That was this is just so cool. I have to admit, I would be so down for Gwendolyn Christie as Dr. Doom. Ooh. Jumping back to your Johnny Storm question, though, I don't want them to just make it a 
gender swapped character. I think it would be much better if they just completely leaned into it, make them trans and tell the internet to suck it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter to me as long as it's a strong performance, right? I mean, the, inter- <laughs> the internet trolls would feed themselves on that, that's for sure. And unfortunate, but I just want to see a good story. I, I want to see good performance. That's what I want. I don't care what the genders are anymore. If you're wondering why I picked Gwendolyn Christie, dear listener, watch Wednesday. The way that she is in Wednesday, there are nuances there. And also Sandman, what she did with Lucifer. She is more than Brianna of Tarth. If that's all you've seen her in is Game of Thrones. Watch Sandman, watch Wednesday, or go to YouTube. And I'm sure somebody out there has done the ultimate Gwendolyn Christie cut or something but she's worth it for those of us who don't know actors who was she in wednesday she's the head of the school oh yeah dr doom all day long signed up let's do it there's so many possibilities out there i mean sigourney weaver when she came in to the netflix series right she was just so good in her role it's just so many possibilities out there. You don't have to be the correct gender anymore. I guess there might be one or two things that you're like, yeah, it needs to be this gender for whatever reason. But for the most part, I don't think it needs to be there. I'm, I'm fine. And that would balance the team out, right? Be better balance it, I guess, especially if you go trans, transgender. A non-binary, transgender. The world is open. Yeah, and I know all the fanboys out there listening to this podcast are like, SP, you're wrong. No, go ahead, say it. I'd like to think all the fanboys have left because of me and Lauren anyway. <laughs> the ones that are going to be like that anyway. And me. We started with Haley and Lauren to begin with, so we're good. All right, I'm going to move on to the next story because, again, it's a little controversial talk. So let's get to it, right? So Ant-Man 4 conversations have already started happening at Marvel Studios. This was an exclusive article that was out on comicbook.com this week. And basically it said that we're already thinking about it, which was Stephen Brochard. And he said, it's like every movie, its own battle, and you bear the scars of making it and wanting to make it great. But hope springs eternal and you start to put yourself back together after the journey of making the movie. You're like, yeah, what if we did X? And what if we did Y? Like the wheels start turning. You can't help yourself. I don't want to say anything about specifically what those are. But yeah, you can't help yourself. Those conversations, those whispers have already started to happen between myself and Ant-Man director Peyton Reed and Marvel Studios president Kevin feige uh, and i know chris you're going to bring in another aspect to this but before you get there i just want to say you know i can i can kind of see where they might be going here i've already said don't expect a happy ending from ant-man i've already said that and i'm not expecting a happy ending i'm, I'm totally believing that we're going to lose a lot of the characters from the ant-man franchise as we go forward but what we're going to keep is somebody called cassie So we're going to get Cassie out of this because Marvel Studios wants to continue the Young Avengers Champions theme. So if you do that, you could get an Ant-Man 4. So in thinking about it, I could see this happening. 
However, I'm going to back the truck up because, Chris, you have something to say about it. There are other articles that I have seen saying that Ant-Man 4 is, if they do it, it's going to be a mistake. And basically all of their evidence is look at the fourth of any of the series that Marvel has done and the fourth one has been bad. And I think that logic is a bunch of crap, especially because you can have the Cassie angle that SP just mentioned and an article that we're going to have linked in the show notes down there is specifically saying, oh, Captain America, New World Order. Yeah, that'll probably be fine because it's focusing on Sam instead of Steve and you're cool there. And come on, you don't even know what's happening in four. And to be quite frankly, you don't know what's happening in three. Let's just let them make the movie and criticize it after it comes out and not before the one before it has even come out. I don't know if I'm going to criticize it. I'm definitely going to go into it, like I said, with this is not going to be a feel-good movie at the end. I already kind of know that. They could surprise me. Complete. I, had, I know nothing about this other than it's going to start off Phase 5, and we kind of know where Phase 5 is heading in its totality. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And Michelle, what do you think about all this Ant-Man 4 talk? Makes sense. There was already talk of Thor 4 after buzz about Ragnarok, even kind of before, depending on where they place it. Because Ant-Man, here's the thing, this isn't called Ant-Man 2. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get Ant-Man colon something. It could be a completely different thing, but it acts like Ant-Man 4. We could get Giant Man out of this. <laughs> giant Woman. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. So, audience, again, let us know what you think. And by the time you get this, the movie will be out in a couple of days, or maybe you're listening to it after the movie came out. So, excited to hear how this conversation goes after the plot of three is known. This does change the whole dynamic. Well, talking about changing dynamics, Chris, we have a special news story just for you this week. And no, the story has nothing to do with Gwen yet. AMC Theaters is thinking about, most definitely made the decision to already somewhere in that realm, kind of tier their ticket prices based on your seat location. Concerts are already doing it, sporting events are already doing it, and premium seats costing more. Per Variety, America's largest movie chain will be introducing Sightline at AMC, a new pricing scheme based on where you're seated in the auditorium. For movies after 4 p.m., moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less based on the Sightline seating they've chosen. Standard Sightline will be the most common of the seating choices and will come at the price of a standard movie ticket. Value Sightline is going to have customers paying less because it's going to be for seating in the front rows, while preferred Sightline patrons will have spots typically in the middle of the auditorium that will cost a bit more than standard seats. I'm a fan of this, honestly. Like, basing it around your normal stuff is the normal price and working off of that, I think, is a good move for it. I think if you're willing to sit on those edge seats in the very front, Getting a benefit for that is good. 
the fact that it's only after 4 p.m. So it basically doesn't affect me anyway because we tend to hit the earlier shows means I just almost don't care what they do with it. You know, it's not a bad move. Only if we can get reserved seating. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, the that's the way that's that kind of I a thing like going it. anyway. Yeah, that's part of the whole deal is that you pick your seat and that seat is cost X amount. One of the things I liked about living in a bigger city, I was near, when I lived in Minnesota, I was near Minneapolis. And so those, you know, suburbs had some great AMCs. There were the nice chair ones where you could actually take a blanket and a pillow and get all comfy and pay for that. I wish our AMC had those nice big chairs and stuff. I like those, especially when you're going for a three-hour movie or whatever. I paid more for those and I paid for my preferred seating, which interesting enough is the top row. I wonder what the top row seats would be. So if you take a look at the graphic, the more expensive seats are basically in the middle. So you're in, in prime position for the sound and to view like the entire, the way I usually do it, if I'm just going into a theater and I'm not pre-buying my seat is I'll walk up. And when I get to the point where my vision is filling my glasses, because even when I go to movie theaters and sports events, I wear glasses that focus long distance. So I go to that point, see where it fills the glasses. And if it's any smaller than that, I just lose a little bit of the viewing quality, but I lose some sound quality. If it's any bigger than that, then I lose my visual quality. So you think in terms of that, it's kind of like in the middle of the tiered seating that's in the back is really where the more expensive seats are. Personally, I'm an old man, so I like sitting on the edge. So once they figure out that that is a premium seat, they're going to start charging me more for that. <laughs> but I don't really envision myself. This is preventing me from going to the movie theater even more. Like I like watching movies at home. I got a nice 65 inch 4k, I know high resolution, high refresh rate TV. I've got a great 7.2.2 sound system. Is it movie quality? No, but it's good enough to get a great experience and I've got those chairs that recline, the electric chairs that recline into theater mode. So I'm good at home and I can pause it if I need to and go to the bathroom, not miss anything. And everything's fine. I got my own snacks. It's less expensive. I don't hear the rustling that you get from other people. I don't get the cell phone light coming on, distracting me during a very important part. Uh, so I'm very finicky when I want to watch movies. So I get a better experience at home. That's just me personally. If I was younger and I wanted to go with a group of people, whatever, I could still have it at home, but it's just more conducive to go out to a movie theater. And there's going to be cases where I'm going to have to go out to the movie theater like Ant-Man. I'm going to have to see that in the movie theater. I'm not going to be able to do it here. The best I could do would be to rent out a whole theater myself, pay a couple thousand dollars and do that. The other thing that I wanted to say to dovetail on what Michelle said about the seats that recline and everything, when they retrofitted all these theaters with the tiered seating and 
almost this first class style of seat that almost recline all the way and you get pillows and you can bring pillows and blankets in and that, that sort of stuff, especially in the winter is that unfortunately those need maintenance after a while. Those need more maintenance than just a normal seat without the electronics in it to make that happen. So you're going to end up paying more for those seats to begin with. Yes. Movie theaters can buy in bulk. And so they get a lower discounted price on them and everything. But because of the maintenance required on the electric motors and the false leather and stuff like that, it just drives up the price even more. Is it a nicer experience? Absolutely. But I would expect to have to pay more because it's a more tailored experience along those lines. So the days of me going to see a 99 cent movie on Tuesday, first run 99 cent movie, it was long, long gone. It's just, it's never going to happen again, but they got to make their money somehow. And I don't have a problem. If you, if you think those are the premium seats, yeah, pay more for them as long as you can reserve them. Like Michelle said, so I don't have a problem with that, but this does prevent me from like, yeah, I can get that same experience at home. <laughs> so why, why go? And there's so much out. Here's the other thing. There's so much out there to see. Even today, after the pandemic and the, the limitations on the pandemic and stuff, I'm backlogged on a lot of the stuff, a lot of the series and movies that I haven't seen yet. And I can watch them at home versus going to the movie theater and see something that I might or might not like for, I don't know, $50, $75 a person you know, when you factor in food and, and the tickets and everything. So, yeah, maybe, maybe the. Maybe I'm just an old guy. Get off my lawn! Finally found a graphic of it. So, basically most of the theater in this picture that I found is the normal seats that you've had. The value for them is like the back row. I do like the uh, value sight line, because if you're all the way up on the screen, then you shouldn't have to pay as much. I won't do that anymore because I've literally come out of the theater with a sore neck for like weeks after that. So I'm not going to do that anymore. But some people, hey, I want to see it. I want to see it right there. Okay. Or at least those chairs that they see. I have the, our AMC has the older seat, the poor leg room, everything like that. I really wish. So they tore down the other one. I wish they would build another like up to date one. Fine, no leather seating, but at least the ones that you see in this picture with like the higher back and there's more leg room. I would like that even where I am and stuff. Yeah. The other thing that I believe I read in the original article or articles when they came out, because we talked about this in the Guinea Geek show too is that this is limited to the bigger cities right now. I don't know if that is a strong limitation or not, but like New York, LA, the places that sell out anyway. So if you're going to sell out, we can afford to charge you a little bit more. But if you're not going to sell out, then why? People just move into the middle anyway. All right, lots of other stuff that you can see in our show notes. A lot of other articles we've got. Um, one of note is something to deal with Patrick Stewart. So if you're interested in Professor Xavier, you might want to check that one out. And one on Wonder Man. I know we've been talking about that back and forth, but there's a little bit more for you in the show notes. So with that, I think 
we are all going to try to brain bleach these two episodes and get our way out. Yeah. Thankfully, I have a friend who just got some new puppies. It's been a fun week, and we hope you're having fun continuing to listen to us. And we do want your comments on X-Men, the animated series. We know a lot of you out there loved it when it first came out. And it is available on Disney Plus, so go ahead and check out a few episodes and let us know what's going on there. We will have our finale on it in two weeks. Thank you for listening to us, watching us, consuming us in some way. Well, our product. Don't consume our physical bodies. We like our physical bodies. But we always appreciate it when you interact with us, especially on Discord. We're very active on Discord. Because right now I am, I've shied away from Twitter for right now. I'm afraid to go back on Twitter. I have to admit to it. I don't know what I'll find. I mean, mostly you're going to find the exact same stuff you were finding on Twitter before. So it's not any more scary. But if you were scared before, it happens. Fortunately, my new job makes me actually do work. But if you want to hear other things from me, you can head on over to Play Comics where. This time, it's actually going to be Batman Gotham Racer and another episode, because if I made you wait an extra week, you're going to get two episodes. The other one is a top secret, but it might be something a little magical. We'll say Twitter's not necessarily bad. I know a lot of people have strong feelings based on what's going on, but uh, I hate to break it to you. Those things are happening no matter who owns whatever social media you're just being snowed over as to, oh, this is being taken care of. It's really not. I know Twitter is a special case, but if you're looking for me at a place that's not Twitter, the link to my Mastodon account name is in the show notes. So go ahead and find me over on Mastodon. I've actually really enjoyed it over there. It's like Twitter was 12 years ago. It's really fun. So if you haven't checked it out yet, do I know a lot of people have concerns but it, it doesn't work the same it doesn't and i don't know what server to join well it gives you when you're signing up for mastodon it gives you a list of available servers that you can enter just look into them and see which one fits you if you want to change somewhere you can actually transfer there's a process in place to transfer but the server that you want to go to needs to have an opening for you to go to so until then, you know, I, I picked one. I'm very happy with it. It's Universidon, but you might want another one for a variety of reasons. I know Steven created his own over on the Get a Geek Network. I'm not a member of that, but uh, and there is a whole bunch of moderation that comes with it. So he doesn't really want a lot of people on it, but you could do that too. His server, by the way, is called Moostodon. So haha, Canadian. But yeah, Mastodon has been fun. And if you're listening to this and you're on Mastodon too, please look me up over there and follow me and I'll follow you back. Anyway, until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Dribbles. And I'm Agent TBD. All right. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Don't deface um, Gravestone. That's not good. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, 
go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. me or is Harrison Ford on the feisty old man tour? Yes. Yes. He's coming from our dashing rogue to our feisty grandpa. Well, he was all always feisty, right? He was always kind of grumpy and feisty and he's just transitioning into that role really well, but he must've got on a kick of, okay, I want to work for a little bit. So he got on that, that series, that uh, psychologist series he's doing the MCU and <laughs> can't remember what the other thing that he's doing, but he's in three major projects right now. And he must have all done them like sequentially, like, okay, I'm going to film for these three months out of these five years. So you've got me for three months. What are you going to do? Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.